Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal! Jason Giambi has done it. Alright, what's up? Episode number 36, Tommy Caroselli, Maddie P, Real 7 Costanza, and boy, uh, oh boy, I didn't I didn't prep who wore number 36 here. Uh, Freddie Garcia. The Freddie Garcia episode. <laughs> ML- <laughs> MLB players who wore 36. Uh, but anyway... Uh, we're all here. The gang's ball back together after uh, Maddie P decided to take shots at me uh, for taking a vacation day last week. <laughs> well deserved. Well deserved. Well, <laughs> you earned it, Jeff. Uh, so crazy week in baseball, and, and now we got uh, Arenado news. We have Ozuna to the Braves. We have some managerial stuff to take care of with the Astros, Red Sox, and Mets. And oh yeah. The Hall of Fame got locked in today. So uh, let's back up. Uh, Matty P, how you doing today, my friend? I was having a beautiful day until I tried printing something and my fucking printer's acting up. Um, so I'm really upset right now because of it. it. It's bothering me that much. But aside from that, I'm excited to join you guys here for the next 30, 40 minutes. Matty, or I'm sorry, Seven, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I, uh, I'm out for blood, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> You were ready to go fight night on whoever the rogue voter was, huh? I still am. Yeah, I I think um, we'll get into it. But yeah, it's, I'm I'm happy Jeter's in the Hall of Fame. I'm very happy. But I'm it's a very big sore. It looks it's a black eye when you see ninety nine point seven. Just let it be a hundred. It's a hundred in my eyes. Fuck that I guy. thought. Why did I think that that Junior, your Ken Griffey Junior, was ninety nine point seven? And he had three guys. Was there just more people that voted that year? There must have been, um, because I think Rivera is still the only unanimous. Only unanimous, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Interesting. Um, we'll move past it. Arenado, uh, not happy in Colorado, uh, telling MLB.com that, I'll find the exact quote, but the short and the long of it is, uh, there's people there that don't like me, and... I'm going to get traded. Basically, it is the short and the long of what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think about, about the quote, there's a lot of disrespect from people there that I don't want to be a part of. You can quote that. Hmm. So if I'm going to read between the lines and go full conspiracy on this, I think the fact that if we remember last week or the week before maybe when Libertor got traded – from the race to the Cardinals, a lot, myself included, speculated that the point of that trade was to flip more pieces to get Arenado in St. Louis. So I think Arenado was under the impression that the Rockies were entertaining a trade. Um, 
and when the pieces didn't fall in place, the Rockies probably just kind of, I think they got cold feet and stepped out. Um, but Arenado has been pretty vocal about wanting to trade or get traded, and the Rockies, up until yesterday, it seemed like were pretty willing to let it go. Um, but for whatever reason, I think a lot of it had to do with the St. Louis trade, this trade that might have fallen through if, if indeed that is the case. So I, I think what we're seeing is Arenado obviously not shy about his emotions and basically calling his GM out by name uh, as a whole another level of pettiness that we've never seen. So yeah, I don't. I, I mean, this isn't a repairable situation here. Like now, the Rockies have to trade him. Matty P, what did you think when you saw all this going on? I don't know. My first instinct was was how sensitive Arenado was about the whole situation. Mm. I, I thought he was acting sensitive, and and to me, it's like, dude, you're you're quietly, very quietly, I guess, the face of that franchise. Like, he's he's a superstar, but a quiet superstar. You don't hear his name that much. They're a rebuilding team. That could be part of the reason why he wants out of there. Aside from Scott Oberg, I mean, they really don't have anyone I care about. Tewksbury, Massachusetts, Scott Oberg, shout out. Um, but aside from that, yeah, my first instinct was, dude, relax. It's a fucking business. You know this. Like, if your name's thrown out there in rumors, don't cry about it. Take it that's, as it comes. You know what I mean? That's fair, but if you go back to when they signed him long-term last year, the guy, the same guy sat up there and said, Arenado is going to be a franchise Rocky. And I wish I could find, I'm going to see if I can find the video. Yeah. Well, I remember, things, I remember th- the video. Things change. I mean, what, where, what are they... Uh, do you look at that team and you think they're going to compete for the next couple of years? I mean, if I was the GM, no, I would... but you, you you have probably the best player in franchise history, in, and it's on a day when you, the the current best player in franchise history, Larry Walker, makes the hall of, the Hall of Fame. Dante Bichette was impressive too. Fair. Troy Tulowitzki. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. Short. I know we we could go back and forth, but still, I mean, here's here's my point: is they're rebuilding. If you're not going to build around Arenado, bring in three or four top prospects. If you could get them for him, I would entertain it too. Shit. And they're only entertaining it. It's not like they made a trade already. So, I, I mean, I don't know why he was crying about it. Well, no, I think that's the reason, though. I think behind closed doors, we don't know all the all those. We the don't details, know all the details. But that's true. if he's getting this upset, then it must have been some type of a verbal commitment or agreement between him and the GM that the Rockies were going to trade him. And because he had a trade request that they – said, okay, we'll do this, we're not in contention, we'll do right by you. Who knows if that's what would happen. We don't know the dialogue, we don't know the details. Right. But for him to get this upset about this, because it's happened a shit ton of times in sports when players don't get their trade requests met and they play the season right. and there's no issues. And to Tommy's point, he just signed this huge deal with them. He's getting paid 35 mil a year. He has an opt-out after 2021. So it's not like... And it's his player option. So if you think about everything in his favor right now, there's no reason for him to be this upset unless, in fact, we find out, and we probably won't, but we, you know, there's probably something that happened behind closed doors that we, the fans, probably aren't going to be privy to, but we have to assume at this point. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. There's stuff going on that we don't know about. I just thought he was very sensitive about the whole situation. He was but, sensitive. I, yeah, he was definitely, definitely sensitive. But, I was like, you're, you're not wrong about him being sensitive, but... I think you could argue that he might have a right to be sensitive here because of all the surrounding factors of the long-term deal, of the 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 uh, rhetoric from the GM about him being a lifetime Rocky. 
um, and him being the face of that franchise. Like, like imagine. I mean, for me, it's easy to to, to spin because because I'm kind of going through it right now with with the Indians talking trade with Francisco Lindor. Like, the Indians have been transparent in the fact that they've kind of said, yeah, he's not probably not going to be a lifetime Indian. And so for, as a fan, it's been easier to digest. And I'm guessing as Lindor, it's been easier to digest. True. But that's, guess, that's a great point. I'd say shame on the GM if you're going to promise someone or, and again, who knows what they discuss, but if you're giving them that big contract saying, yeah, you're the face of the franchise, and then your name is swirling in trade rumors. Bingo. Uh, that's shame on the GM then for, for even, you know, putting that in his head. Well, I think Bingo. This is, and I, this I think that's where the feeling of, too, though. Because I think that's where the feeling of disrespect comes for for Arenado. Yeah, why he's pissed. Okay. Yeah. But but so seven, you were saying history repeating itself with what? I, I something similar happened with Troy Tulowitzki too. It wasn't that long ago. Um, same kind of deal, different circumstances, obviously. But Tulowitzki was looked at as the franchise cornerstone, and the GM, you know, said one thing and did another. And we all know how that ended. Tulowitzki went to Toronto, and the rest is history. I don't think the fallout was nearly as bad as the fallout's going to be from Arenado because Arenado is a totally different class of player, and if <clears throat> and he has that trade clause and he can pick who he wants to go to, or he has that choice, and the Rockies are losing leverage every single day this guy stays on the team, because now it's out that he wants out, and now it's out that he has a list of teams that he wants to go to. It's eerily similar to when Stanton wanted out of Miami. I think with this case it's a little bit more complicated because. We have Arenado basically airing his grievances out like it's Festivus in January. <laughs> so they like, they know what his demands are, and the Rockies just are trying to get something back now. If they had done a deal earlier, they probably had more leverage. But now at the point they're at, I think a possible trade, the Rockies' hands are kind of tied at this point. And they should be. If the if we find out the GM was fucking around and not doing right by his player, then yeah, that's, that's on them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and you know... You, you mentioned he's just driving the value down. And not only by being on the roster each day, he's driving the value down by talking like this. Exactly, because now we don't know what he's going to say each day. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he already came out is, is one thing, but the longer he stays as an active member of this team, we don't know what else he's going to say. He, I could see him potentially just leaking everything because he wants to be out so bad. Uh, a disgruntled sports star is never a It's not good set. for their clubhouse. Oh, it's horrible. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's gonna be so awkward, and, and I think that even makes it it, it it makes it worse because of the fact that this guy, you know, last July was looked at as a leader. Yeah, and, and now his, now all of a sudden he's the the, the I don't want to say the scapegoat, but like he's a pariah. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, he's he's looked at in a lens that you know he's not a team guy, but for other teams interested, this is probably the best time to get him. So I mean, it's true. Um, and, you know, potential trade scenarios, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I came up with one that kind of works. I don't want to hear it. I know where you're going with this, but say I, it anyway. I got validation because Gary Sheffield's son liked the idea. Um, so the Rockies would get Giancarlo Stanton. Yanks give salary relief of 20 to 25% for this year and next, leading up to the potential opt-out date for Arenado's clause. They get Andujar. And they get one of Michael King or Jordan Montgomery. Yankees get Arenado. And the way it works with the Stanton thing, because obviously this would be the big part of the deal, 20 to 25% of his, 
current contract would bring it around seven million dollars deferred for the Rockies. So they'd be paying roughly forty-five mil for the next two years of Stanton, and then after that, his AAV or annual accruing value of the contract would be around twenty-seven to twenty-eight million dollars a year. Arenado is getting paid thirty-five million dollars over the next six years if he keeps that same contract. And he's already going to leave anyway, so the Rockies would be wise to entertain it, in my opinion. I don't disagree. Just don't want to agree. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, it's a tough pill to swallow because if the Yankees were to get Nolan Arenado, you can. I mean, I would have wet dreams thinking about that. <sighs> Sadness ensues in the rest of the American League. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Managerial openings, still part of the fallout of uh, the sign-stealing scandal. Astros, Red Sox, and Mets left without managers. Uh, you know, in the bonus episode, you guys were speculating about the uh, potential of, uh, what's his name, what's his name, Carlos Beltran being left without a job. Now he is, and now we have all kinds of chaos, really. I mean... When you really think about how crazy it is that Carlos Beltran didn't even get to wear his Mets jersey outside of the press conference, yeah, that's so frustrating to me. I think, and and I don't think it's really well deserved. I don't think he deserves to be fired. Hot take there, but Ooh, actually, not the hot. I mean, hot take, but I uh, I kind of agree with you on on, on a level of that. I I believe that the Met, It was more so the Mets kind of had this duty to get rid of him. Um, yeah, I get on, that. Obviously, based on the Astros and Red Sox, the Mets kind of had to follow suit. Out of the report, out of everything in that report that Manfred posted, Beltron is the only other person named specifically. So the fact that he's a manager now, and I, I know that there's no suspension or anything coming from MLB because he was a player at the time, and that's fine, but the fact that he was the only other person named and he's now managing a club, and he's getting called out for being one of the ringleaders in this cheating scandal. The Mets really had no choice, and it sucks because, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I mean, Beltron didn't even get to manage a game, so we don't really know the extent of what he would have done or what he wouldn't have. But I, I think it's unfair. But I, at the same time, I understand why the Mets had to do it. Yeah, they had to do it. Like, like that's probably the right way to, to 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 say it. They had to do it, but I don't like it. No, they definitely have to do it. Why don't you like it, though? Because I think, I think that, you know, just because he was linked to it doesn't mean that he's going to do it as a manager. And realistically, if none of the other players got disciplined, there's no reason that he should have gotten – he would have gotten disciplined as a manager now. The Mets wouldn't – I don't think the Mets would have gotten disciplined in this unless there was something else that came up. Like, because Trevor gotcha. Bauer is saying that other teams are doing it. So, so maybe we're going to have more fallout from this. What do you think baseball just wants this to be over, right? Like, they don't even want to dig deeper. Counterpoint, do they want it to be over? Because of the fact, when you think about it, we've talked baseball in the news, and not just on this baseball podcast. Baseball has been talked almost on the daily for the last month, in a month where baseball doesn't usually get talked, except outside of the Hall of Fame voting and and the winter meetings. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And now we're talking about it daily. I honestly, 
this has been a fun time to talk baseball. It has. However, mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith voice, <laughs> I I agree with Maddie. I think at some point MLB really just wants to bury the hatchet and talk about actual games to be played in the season ahead of us. Because the more you dig deeper into this thing, I I mean, we talked about it. There's definitely, and Bauer speculated it, there's definitely more teams and more players and, and organizations that are involved in some type of scandal, cheating with electronics or trash cans or whoever fucking knows. Do you really want to change the, I guess, the image of your sport if you're baseball? Because at this point right now, you can say, we've done a full investigation and this is what we found and we're moving forward. If you continue to pry away at this, you're going to find more things and more skeletons in the closet that I think fans are just going to be turned off. It's going to be like when the steroid scandal was at its peak and names just kept popping up and popping up. And they lost a shit ton of attendance from fans in the following years. I don't think they really want to do that again. Because, Tommy, you're right. Right now, we're talking about it. It's, it's entertaining. We're, we're beating it a dead horse. But at the same time, it's fun to discuss and speculate. If we keep getting deeper into it, though, and if MLB get, gets deeper, you open Pandora's box and there's no closing it. That's yeah. fair. I guess Very I would just, fair. I'd like them to call L.A. Dodgers out on it. Um, just so the city takes back their stupid fucking yeah. What the fuck was that? If, if, you, if you didn't <laughs> how hear, how absurd is that? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna find the official story so I don't mess this up. But holy shit, the city of Los Angeles. I wouldn't be surprised if they were guilty too. Oh yeah, this would be perfect too. It, it's this is honestly this would be poetic justice if we find out the Dodgers were implicated in anything other than playing fair and honest baseball because. I get it, like Yankee fans, Dodgers fans, whoever that was implicated by or affected by the Astros and Red Sox cheating. I understand the fans' reaction to just be upset about it 24-7, and you, you're vindicated at that point, and you have that vindictive feeling to just keep going after it. But the city of Los Angeles and the Dodgers themselves, if, if they continue to keep this going, and we find out through other sources that, oh, you know what, the Dodgers were in, in charge of I you know, hope they do. I hope. Imagine, I hope. Like, Holy shit, that is just such <laughs> a spin on that now. And, like, how the fuck do you even save face from that? Because you basically were just piling on the Astros and Red Sox grave to the point where you're actually filing a fucking lawsuit to the courts to, what, recant a title or vacate a title? I was say, so let's back up for those that don't know. The city of Los Angeles city council voted unanimously. This was yesterday, so this would be Monday, January the 20th to uh, petition MLB. They voted unanimously to petition MLB to rescind the 2017 and 2018 World Series titles from the Astros and Red Sox, respectively, and instead give them to the Dodgers. Because because reasons. I don't have them. Um, Because Los Angeles and they live in a fucking bubble. How many Dodgers fans do you think are actually on this panel? And let me ask you guys, because seven, or uh, who's, mm, I guess I'm the most recent one to lose a World Series here. If this, if you all of a sudden hand the 2016 World Series to the Indians, I don't want it. Right. Well, no, because you know it didn't happen that way. Exactly. 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 Uh, when was your last World Series loss? Seven. Uh... Last loss was, fuck, uh, well, we haven't been in the World Series since 2009. We won that one. Last loss, I believe, was the Marlins. All right, you don't count. What about you, Matty P? 
When was the last uh, time the Red Sox lost a World Series? Was it like 1901, maybe? Oh, Jesus Christ. I made that up, dude. I really don't know. I mean, I just, no, all I, uh, the, only, the only memories I have is them winning them. I think it was 86. Right? Yeah, it must have been. It yeah, looks like 86. Yeah. A very quick, very quick uh, Wikipedia-ing. Looks that was, like was two-year-old Matty P in 86. Two oh. <laughs> Matty Diapers. <laughs> Matty Diapers. <laughs> Maddie Pampers, <laughs> Maddie Huggies, oh, Huggy Supremes, dude, fucking Buck, Maddie Pull Ups, dude. That's what oh I'm my gosh. Have. So uh, when you look at these managerial openings, you have Astros, Sox, and Mets. As we as we circle back to the managerial openings, we recenter it. Um, which is the most appealing of the openings? The Mets has wow. to be the Mets. That's, you think I, it has to be the other two franchises are vilified right now to a point where i mean fans of the respective franchises are still pissed about it like i know i'd some say of, the astros are more vilified yeah but i have right. friends like, astros fans don't still don't think they've done anything wrong so, mm, <laughs> which yeah, is there's going to be idiots on both sides of the aisle but i think the majority <laughs> believe that they did something wrong at this point yeah i would think I would hope. I mean, it's it's pretty cut and dry. It's that blatant. Cheated, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think the Mets, though, the Mets don't have the baggage that the franchises have. Yeah, they have the baggage of being the Mets, but at least you have a team that's ready to win now um, by their own, you know, accords. By Mets standards, by Mets they're standards, ready to win they're now. ready to win. By um, baseball standards, I think the Red Sox are the best job. Same. Okay. I mean, I, I'm really not trying to be biased. I. I just Actually, honestly, I think the Astros are the most ready to win team, but they're the, the the most black cloud above them. Yeah. So I think the Red Sox is the best job to have here. Um, let's throw some names around. I just love that it's Dusty Baker season. Me too. Um, Dusty linked to both the Mets and the Astros. Um, I've never wanted anything more than to Dusty Baker not go to the Mets because I don't want to have to rip on him. Well. <laughs> I, lo- I love I love Dusty Baker. I think Baker's probably the best choice for the Astros personally. Um, I think and the Astros are interviewing uh, I think Will Venable, who would be a first time manager. So there's some names being floated around and when you match them up, Baker makes the most sense for the Astros than than, than the Mets. The Astros need a guy who's a veteran leader who's gonna come in and just expect a certain level of professional or professionalism. Um, I, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's not going to tolerate this shit, but Baker's the, the perfect choice. And the, and the Astros need that. And he has experience, and he has a good track record. So I think Baker, if I'm the Astros, I would take Baker if I could get him. Um, I like that fit, too. Yeah, I mean, you need, you need a, a veteran in that spot. The Mets have some options. I think for what they were looking for and what they – you know, signed up for with Beltron before he obviously got let go. They want to in- inject some energy and some youth into that clubhouse. They have a young team. I think you can grow with a manager in that position. The Astros, they need to get their fucking asses kicked and get steered in the right direction. You need a, a guy that has veteran leadership, and Baker's the guy. I think the Mets have some more flexibility in terms of who they hire, and let's be honest, it's the Mets. So uh, at the end of the day, they're still with the New York Mets, and mm-hmm. whoever you hire, it's not the most desirable job in the world, but I think of the three, I still think it's the most desirable out of the three. 
But the Mets have more flexibility in who they hire. The Astros need to hire a guy that's no nonsense. I mean, let's be honest. All three jobs are attractive if you're a manager. Well, right? they're major oh, yeah. jobs. So. Well, true. But, I mean, you know, there's some jobs that you and I could discuss we probably would frown upon. But these are three top-tier teams, you know, respect for the most part, right? I mean, the Mets have talent. It's, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I would gladly take the Mets job, you know. Or the Red Sox, even the Astros. As much as I hate the franchise, but you know you can put that behind you now and, and move forward. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So when you look at the Red Sox job, there's been a lot of former players thrown around. What do you think, Matty P, being a, being the the avid Red Sox fan that you are? What do you think about a guy like Jason Veritek or a guy like? Um. Uh, what's his name? Dustin Pedroia being thrown around for that job. Um, I like it. I mean, I would I would love Tech or Pedroia to be honest. I mean, it's interesting they threw Pedroia out there. I'd like maybe a player coach if his knee can get better. But no, in all honesty, I mean they're both Red Sox for life. They'll be in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. Um, the city loves them and respects them. I mean that. You know, personally, I, I would love it. They're both younger guys for the most part with, you know, they have relationships with the current players already. I mean, that would be a hell of a clubhouse with one of those guys at the helm. Um, recently, I read Hensley, is it Hensley Mullins? How do you pronounce Yeah, this? I did see that. I saw that name recently, like the past day or two, um, which was an interesting name thrown out there. But if I had my choice, I'd love to see Veritek or Pedroia be given a shot. I mean, I think it's pipe dreams. Well, Pedroia's probably a pipe dream. Yeah. Tech probably has more of a, a chance, but um, I, you know what? I don't think either one of them will get the job, to be honest. Well, the other thing is, too, uh, if you hire Veritek, he has a background in cheating. cheated on, he cheated on his wife. What? Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you know a lot of that uh, toxic environment? Jesus, seven. I mean, shoot, I wonder how many baseball players have cheated on their significant others. That a lot, and yeah. I didn't know we were gonna go there. Yeah, that's that's a little that's, out there. That's that's good to know. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> talking about all this cheating, you know. All right, uh, enough enough of that. Uh, Marcelo Zuna to the Braves. Um, what do we think of this move? I think it's one year, eighteen mil. Did I see that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, one year, 18 mil with Atlanta. Uh, I like this move. I like it Atlanta's a lot. been aggressive. Yeah, I think they're going for it, and I, I don't mind it. No, I don't mind it either. Why not? One year? Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, seven, thoughts? I like those. You know, I, the one signing by the Braves today that I like more is the Felix Hernandez signing to be their fifth starter. Yeah, that's a that's a I unique love one. That. One year, one mil. Like, what do you have to lose? If he doesn't work out, you can cut him. It's not like you're tied down financially to the guy. So that one reminds me of, and this is a, a little bit of a hop, skip, and a jump due to the 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 optics surrounding it. Like the Cleveland Browns signed uh, Kareem Hunt for one year, one mil, and it was a very low risk, high reward. And that's what I see with this deal. Again, different with the optics surrounding it, but. It's what that deal reminds me of. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right. It's obviously different optics. Hernandez coming off some, you know, I think two or three poor years by his standards. 
He was one of the worst pitchers last year in baseball, and like we shouldn't sugarcoat that. But if he's healthy and you're not asking him to be the guy and he's on a contending team, who knows? I mean, we've seen crazier things happen with these types of deals in the past. So I think this is a great signing for them. Also, it gives them a veteran leadership who – and the guy was a former Cy Young winner, King Felix. Uh, he has all the accolades in the world. Um, why not take a gamble on him? Because if he can give you 150 solid innings, that's perfect for a five-starter. Yeah. Matty P, thoughts? Um, I like it a lot. You're talking about Felix? Yeah. Yeah, I like Felix signing a lot. I mean, you know, he's in the later half of his career. He's had a pretty high ERA the past few seasons. But, um, I, again, I've, I've mentioned this in the pa- in the previous episode that I'm a huge fan of an AL pitcher going to the NL and vice versa. So, you know, NL doesn't see him that often. Hopefully he can he can go over there and contribute. Um, you know, even if, if, if he doesn't get the fifth starter position, maybe he could go in the bullpen and, you know, uh, I didn't even it, think about that. I like that take a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, having King Felix in the bullpen, if he's okay with that, of course. Um, you know, it's an option. Uh, but I do like the signing. It can't hurt, you know. They didn't pay too much for him. Um, I think it's a good move. I like what the Braves are doing. Fun fact, I actually just booked a trip to Atlanta for April 24th, that weekend. Ooh. So you got broads in Atlanta? I'll be up there watching <laughs> my me- watching my Mets play the Braves. Oh, yeah, you're, you're a big Mets fan. That makes sense. You would travel with the team. Exactly. Die hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, now, the big story of the day, Hall of Fame. Um, Derek Jeter and Larry Walker going in, both not unanimously, um, as it should be. Sorry about you, seven. Um, I mean, all right. So, so make your case for him being unanimous. I'm willing to hear you. All right. Well, I can go off on a tangent, so just keep me within the guardrails here. All right. Because I, I have a lot of uh, emotional baggage with this man. Um, good, good emotions, obviously. And my so my big reason here, the argument is that oh, Jeter's overrated. He was a product of the system that he was in, and like he never could do it by himself. All right, great, that's fine. The same argument can then be applied to guys like Tom Brady and fucking Joe Montana. Fair. Um, are we really gonna talk about? And baseball's a fucking team sport. So I don't give a fuck if he did it in New York with the Yankees or New York with the Mets. The guy is a natural-born leader. He was the face of baseball in the 90s. Over 3,000 hits. Some of the most iconic memories on his highlight reel. And his he has a record-setting OPS in the playoffs. His batting average in the playoffs is 308. Only two points shy of his regular season batting average for his career. The guy is just an absolute fucking stud. And... If I keep hearing the same arguments, like, oh, he wasn't that good with the glove, who gives a fuck? Like, he has more rings than half the people that go into the fucking hall as it is. And he constantly won. The only, he only had one year on, on the Yankees where he wasn't in playoff contention. So, no, one game at one Yankee game, Stadium. Sorry. Sorry. One game at Yankee Stadium where he wasn't in playoff contention. Yeah. That – all right, so, so you mind if I cut you off here? Yeah, please. All right, so that, I think, is the best case that you can make for him being unanimous, but I still disagree with it because you say you, you ho-hum the fact that he was he was okay with the glove. Um, he wasn't just okay. The guy was absolutely abhorrent. I'm talking least amount of defensive runs saved of every qualifying shortstop to ever suit up. Even Pokey Reese? Even Pokey Reese. <laughs> 
And you're telling me this dude deserves to be unanimous? Well, on the flip side of that, Ozzie Smith was not good with the bat, but he made up for it with everything else he did with his glove. So yeah, I, if we're going to play the duality game, then yeah, Jeter should be in there because he's a Hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait Seven, let, me, let me cut you off. I am not arguing that Jeter's not a Hall of Famer. He absolutely is. But he should be unanimous. No, he should not. Just like just like Ozzie Smith's not unanimous. I mean, just, are, if just we're like comparing Griffey Ozzie unanimous. Smith to fucking Derek Jeter, then I Cal mean, Ripken wasn't unanimous. Cal Ripken didn't Ozzie have the Smith wasn't unanimous. Wasn't Rivera unanimous? Rivera is the Mo only. Mo is the only unanimous, and I fully agree with Mo being unanimous. This is not anti-Yankee slander. No, I I understand. I just think when you take everything into consideration. What he did in the postseason should speak louder than what he did in the regular season. The fact that he has all those rings, all those accolades, all the stats to back it up. Uh, but being a, being a clutch hitter in the postseason doesn't make you the greatest of all time. Well, I mean, it's the same argument with all these guys that we're talking about to immortalize them as goats like Brady and, and, the, and Jordan. Like, yeah, they're post, we think about their postseason heroics more than we think about what they did in meaningless games in the regular season. Like, I don't care what Jeter did in the month of July and – 1999. What I care about is, you know, him bringing home the fucking commissioner's trophy and how he did it. 27 rings. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. Come on. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be in the hall. He absolutely does. But you can't yada yada the fact that he was statistically one of the worst defensive shortstops of all time. And 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 the reason that he has the highlights as he does is because he wasn't laterally quick. The, the the jump throw play that's absolutely historic should have been a ball that's there or should have been squared up. How many writers get votes? How many votes are there total? Do you know? I think it varies Ooh, every year. Yeah, I think like, it varies every year. Two like no, Yeah, I was two hundred ninety-seven this year. But but guys can abstain from voting. So out of almost three hundred votes, one didn't vote for Jeter. And Tommy, you agree with him? I do agree with him. That's crazy, dude. Imagine though yeah. being that one guy though. Like, so it's a publicity stunt, dude. Totally, a pl- like when his name comes out, he can't wait to field all these questions. The like, guy must just be on the biggest high of his life, sitting there with his hand down his pants, cl- clutching his balls and just waiting to come because he knows he's the only guy. It's like not voting for Jordan or Brady. That's that's the argument that I'm trying to make. I know that. Yeah, I know. I know. I agree with you. I you know. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, hate the Yankees, but I respect Jeter and what he's done. I mean, in my opinion, yeah, it's a no-brainer that he gets in there. And, and so, I, I definitely think that's a publicity stunt. This is this is hard for me because, like, I know that for a fact I would vote for Derek Jeter if you give me that ballot, ballot and say you. and say you have ten votes, cast them, and I I would Derek Jeter would absolutely get a check mark. There's but if none. someone leaves him off the ballot, you, you're like, okay, like you understand. That, that's what you're saying. I think right? I think there should be more unanimous guys, and I guess and I guess an the, argument for that too. I guess the fact of the matter that that like I'm looking at this and and Mo is the only guy to ever be unanimous. I think that's why I'm having a hard time putting Jeter on that same pedestal. Who didn't vote for Babe Ruth? That's a great question. Actually, he might have been grandfathered in because he might have like like he was grandfathered in because the first yeah, class right. was 36. So. Yeah. Um, okay. All those guys are grandfathered in. So I, okay. I think, but even if you go back in time, like Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, they're not unanimous. I mean, Bob Feller, I know it's an Indians homer take, but I think Rocket Rob absolutely deserves it. Nolan Ryan. 
I can see Nolan Ryan not being unanimous. To be honest, I can uh, I, I can totally yeah. understand that. One. You can look at you can look at Nolan Ryan and say, yeah, I might not vote for him. Oh no, I, I would vote for him, but I can see him not being unanimous. And in, in that era of baseball, I can understand it. I mean, it's just mm. it's hard. Like that. So so let me ask you: Do you understand my my stance here of of not putting Jeter on the same pedestal as Mo? Like if if that a hundred percent is gonna be the immaculate that it is, I don't see Jeter on that same level. I can respect your take on that. I just, I think when it's brass tacks and it comes down to it and we see the numbers now and it's Derek Jeter, 99.7%. And we know now that only one person had the nuts to say no. And here's my thing. If he is going to have that, if he says no, and obviously he did, then he should have no problem explaining his way. He should be able to explain his way out of a paper bag why he was able to do it, and there should be no sense of ifs, ands, or buts. It should just be – he should be very confident in why he did this. And I, and if he can't succinctly explain himself why, then to me, he's just an asshole. So do you but, want my take on why – this is 100% speculation. Yeah. The reason I think the guy didn't vote, and this is – from the three guys that didn't vote for Griffey. Because when Griffey voted, uh, he got 437 of 440 ballots. Yeah. And that was 98 point... Uh, or, I'm sorry, it was a new record of 99.32, mm-hmm. which has obviously since been broken by Jeter. Two of the three guys... I think Two of the three, or all three, said we knew he was going to get in, so we would we would took his vote and gave it to somebody who needed it. Okay. And if And if that guy did the same with Jeter... I respect that guy even more. Yeah, but who the fuck would he give? Who needs it? Well, Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Six votes. So yeah, Larry Walker. Larry Walker is ar- a good example. You could argue Omar. Walker over Jeter. But again, if he's doing it by that logic of he knows that uh, 396 other guys are going to vote for Jeter, I'm going to give that. I, I don't know you, if I'm okay with that logic. See, I'm not okay with that logic either. I think, it's terrible. I, think, I mean, Larry Walker only made it in by six votes. No, I understand that, and I think he should have been – he should be a Hall of Famer. I'm glad he is. But I, I agree with Matt. I don't, I don't think we should start looking at deducting votes to give it to someone else no, who needs course. it because That's absurd. it's a competition. And if you can't, if your name, if your accolades and your, basically your life doesn't amount to the next guy to, or the guy next to you, and you happen to be on the same ballot as him, I'm sorry, but that's life. You don't always win. And yeah, it's almost like mm, saying it's like fair. saying you know Jeter. Yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I'm not gonna vote for him. I'm gonna vote for someone who is on the cusp. That's not no. I mean, that's not the way you do it. You vote for who you believe should be in. And that's right. That's where my and aren't can't you choose ten guys anyway? Yeah, you can what choose ten. Yeah, you choose ten. Yeah. But so there's no way he chose nine other guys or ten other guys over Jeter because he thought you know what I mean. I don't know. I, I'm excited to see what he says. I want to know who it was. And what his reason is, because I think it's absurd. Well, we deserve to know. That's the thing. If you're, yeah. if, if you're my only thing guy. is he forgot to send it in on time. <laughs> if <laughs> it was one of those, then you yeah. should just fucking go torch his house. <laughs> but uh, I, I will not torch his house. Um, uh, I'm trying to keep this PG, but uh, no. I my whole thing is, and obviously I'm biased. I'm a I'm a Yankees fan. I grew up watching Derek Jeter. My fucking dog is named after Derek Jeter. Like I. I have all the love in the world for the Cheats. guy. Cheats. Poor dog. But if, if it comes out, like, this guy had a girlfriend who came home with a gift basket the next day. And I he, just saw that tweet. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be pretty pissed because if you're going to be that petty 
then you don't deserve to vote at all. Who the fuck voted for J.J. Putz? He got one vote. <laughs> Some putz. Raul Abanez got one vote. Adam Dunn only getting one vote is criminal to me. Adam Dunn is the strangest career ever. He is. He started the trend of three outcomes. Uh, yep. He is the, the absolute trailblazer in that respect. So, I mean, if we're mm-hmm. going to talk about a guy that changed the game, uh, he didn't do it on the stage that some of these guys did, but he definitely changed the game to a point where three outcome hitters are a real thing and they're sought after. What if this dude? What if this dude didn't vote for Jeter but voted for JJ Putz? Then honestly, he should be kicked in the nuts, like a public display in Times Square in New York, and let every Yankees fans kick him in the nuts. Dude, this is definitely JJ Putz's dad that voted for him. JJ Putz, twelve-year career, thirty-seven and thirty-three. 308 lifetime ERA. Fucking. Didn't even have 200 saves. (laughs) Is Eric Gagne on the ballot soon? Uh, I don't know. Because he should get get out. Jason Giambi got six votes. Uh, Uh, Manny Ramirez came in at 28.2%. Todd Helton, 29.2%. Elton, I think, will have a similar trajectory as, as Walker. I think he gets in at some point. Omar Vizquel, 52.6% of the vote. Wow. Hmm. I saw a lot of anti-Omar slander, and I'm not here for it. The only thing that I We're saw both. slandering Vizquel, and I don't think it's warranted, but they compared him, I want to say to Ozzy Smith, to use that name again, they compared their wars, but they didn't look at the whole picture. And I feel like that's kind of an issue, too, when voting on these on these ballots. I think writers pigeonhole themselves into looking at specific stats instead of taking a whole picture or a whole landscape of what they did. Because numbers tell a lot of it, but they don't tell the whole story. And I think that's a big reason why the, the whole Jeter thing doesn't sit well with me. Omar went from 93 to 01, winning a gold glove every year. Yeah. Um. He also finished 133 hits shy of 3,000. Mm. And the granted, o- over a 24-year career, I get it. But anyway, uh, you mentioned Bonds and Clemens. Eighth year on the ballot for them. Uh, Bonds go- goes 60.7. Clemens goes 61%, separated by one vote. I don't know who voted for, for Clemens and not Bonds, but that guy's a dummy. Um. Am I wrong in saying that, by the way? No, I think, honestly, at this point, they're both... You're either all in with them or you're all out. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they don't get in, but we'll see. That's the wrong take. I fucking hate them. Oh. We can save that for another... We're going to have... Well, no, you're either in or you're out on the steroid guys. I'm out on them, you know? I I guess I get it. I get get why you're out on them, but I disagree. I understand. Uh, Be be the the deciding factor here. Are you in or out on the steroid guys? Uh, Seven. You know, I, I honestly, I think I'm, I'm in just because of how rampant it was. So there's no way to police it at this point. If they did it, they did it. Yeah, that's my um, team. I wouldn't reward them with the Hall of Fame. No, I wouldn't give them a Hall of Fame either. Um, but I think there's obviously certain cases where you look at it, and if you dig a little deeper, you realize that it might not have been for the wrong reasons in, in every case. Um, so with that, I mean, still, I don't think I'm banging down the door for any of these guys to get in because I'm not, but I understand why people give them votes every now and then. I don't think I, I would give a vote to Clemens or Bonds, personally, uh, just because they lied so often about it. And what about Schilling? 
No, I wouldn't give it to Schilling either because he testified. Well, he claimed before testifying how rampant the use was and how he saw steroids everywhere in his playing career. And when he testified, he retracted his whole story and said, ah, you know, maybe I was wrong. It's, it's Again, it's either you're in or you're out. So yep. you have to stand by your fucking conviction on that. <sighs> Good what time. an episode. What a time to be alive. Episode 37 coming next week. And boy, oh boy, I'm sure we're going to get into it more. And I, I can't wait for more more of this fallout from Sign Stealing Gate. And I can't wait to hear. Uh, I, I haven't listened to it yet, but I, but I want to hear what uh, the man in the SpongeBob shirt, Larry Walker, had to say when he made the Hall of Fame. And here's a question for you, Seven. Do the writers get a gift basket as well? Um, 99.7% of them do. <laughs> nice. I love it. All right. Until next week, I'm Tommy. He's Maddie P. Seven was here as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to Gap to Gap. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Same time, same place. We're out. See ya. Newly elected Hall of Famer, Derek Jeter. Your reaction to that? Can you say it again? <laughs> Newly elected Hall of Famer, Derek Jeter. This is something that uh, I think when you start off your career, you're never thinking about the Hall of Fame. I mean, this is the highest honor that can be given to any individual that plays this in my head and was uh, prepared for no call and and then the opposite happened and that call comes and all of a sudden you can't breathe as great as Derek is I'm kind of be, gonna be like that remember those old 45s we used to listen to and, and the, the song on the b-side you really didn't know about on the b-side